0: I'm Mike Sheridan, and this is The Delve. Hey, you're very welcome to The Delve with me, Mike Sheridan, brought to you by Spotlight Oral Care. If you use the code DELVE25, you'll get 25% off. Everything on site. So you're very welcome back. Uh, I say that because we took a, a mid-season break of sorts. We've just moved into a, a new space here, hence that five, six-week gap between episodes. But hoping, hoping to to end the season strong. Last three episodes of the season. And this one is a dinger. Um, I would probably say that anyway, I'm not going to lie. But genuinely, this one is a dinger. Tommy Tiernan is probably the best comedian Ireland has ever produced and just a phenomenal storyteller. And um, it was just such a pleasure to speak to him. He's got a new podcast with one of his oldest pals. He tells me he knows him since he was 11 years old, Hector. And you can't say Hector's name for anybody in America probably like, what? What Anybody watches this in America, like, why are you saying his name like that? Hector is a very famous broadcaster here in Ireland who would have done a show, Asquale, I guess, or would have done a show in Irish. So I can't help but say his name like that, basically. So uh, they have a new podcast called the Tommy and Hector Podcast. And they also, or Tommy has a book coming out called Winging It, which is based on some of the interviews from a series that he did on RT television here in Ireland called the Tommy Tiernan Show. And the basis of that series is that Tommy would not know who he was going to interview until they came out and sat down in front of him. And sometimes he would know the guests and sometimes he wouldn't know the guests. And every time it's a fascinating conversation because Tommy's just trying to get to know the person, just trying to connect with the person, which is something that we try and do on this show, albeit over uh, the interweb. So it's a really great conversation, genuinely. Tommy is a legend and uh, phenomenal at what he does. And I think he's found a new a new space, a new home uh, with podcasting too. So do enjoy the conversation. Uh, don't forget to like and subscribe and all that jazz. Leave a comment. Hey, Tommy, how are you?
1: How's everything out West? Um, everybody's okay. I think the kids are back at school. <clears throat> um, so that's giving, their, giving them a bit of a shape. You know, they're, that's great for their mental health in terms of stimulation. So they're going in, they're bouncing off one another. They're laughing in class. Uh, they're giving out about teachers. It's good for them. You know, um, the adults need the same though. Yeah. We need the same stimulation and we're not getting it. Um, so. It's such a
0: strange, it's so strange because I've done about eight of these for this season mm. over Zoom. And we shoot at this side and we edit it together. And I've talked to people on the other side of the world. And yeah. it's almost like we're all in the same boat. You know, to varying degrees, but pretty much we're all in the same boat. No matter who you are, no matter how big a celebrity you are, we're all kind of more or less stuck in our houses.
1: Yeah, it's tough going. Um, And I'm at the stage now where I'm definitely feeling the drag of it and definitely kind of just not looking forward, you know. Um, I I can't see... I'd be a great fan of sport, you know, and I think the GAA is GAA has kind of saved a lot of people out this way, I think, because you're dropping kids to matches and you can stand on the sideline and watch. And, and you know, it's it's a great point of interaction with the community. Um, but the thought, like, you know, watching matches on the telly with no crowd at them. It's kind of the, the edge is taken off and it's kind of like watching a rehearsal for a match and uh i've just I, i'm finding it difficult i think these are challenges that aren't necessarily um bad but the thing of okay if you've nothing to look forward to how do you get through the day you know so how do you how do you uh how do you enjoy it so that's that's the challenge at the moment it's kind of go how do i have fun you know when there's no big event coming up, I'm saying, jeez, I can't wait till that's on. You know, I can't wait till the premiership starts or uh, I can't wait to go to the All-Ireland final or, you know, or can't wait to go to All Together Now or, you know, just stuff like that. I can't wait to meet Sean and the lads and go drink and harp. <laughs> you know, I can't. You know, and all those things are they're not they're not around anymore. So what do we do? How do we make the best of it? You know, how do we enjoy ourselves? It's interesting
0: because I, I was chatting to a friend about this recently, and we did a really big long run for charity a few years ago in Ultramaritan and it was from Limerick to Dublin. And when we were getting close to Dublin, nobody could tell us how far away the finish line was. So one person would tell us it's eight miles, then somebody else would say it's twenty miles. Yes. And mean, you've ran one hundred and fifteen <laughs> miles overnight yeah. that messes with you and i think that's that's prevalent for this because You're we don't know where the end is yeah and that's yeah. what's really messing with people and i yeah. think that's where communication is key especially okay. coming from people in power but they don't know because it's a
1: constantly evolving situation yeah i tell me when you did that run now because i have a fierce interest in fellas who were able to do ultramarathons did you go with the old road or the, or the new road oh
0: jesus we went the old road good we, man we did
1: it we did it right we did it the wrong way though. We started early
0: in the morning. So we yeah. hit the Midlands overnight. So we couldn't see the hills as we were going up them. Yeah. And,
1: and there's just no harm. To, yeah, there's there's no harm in going through the Midlands at night. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was a long it was a long time ago now. It was about eight, yeah. nine years ago. The now. less
1: you see as you go through awfully, <laughs> the better for your mental health that is. So Camir, is that why you started the podcast? You you I mean you get to have some crack with your friends? That's that was it exactly. It was wondering um, that notion of I, I was just very struck by people who would talk about different things they did in their career that was a good laugh you know so you know you can do things in your career that are very successful but that doesn't always mean that you have fun doing them you know success is a different type of enjoyment um, so I said instead of okay uh, irrespective of how popular this is I want to have fun doing something. I just just want to really enjoy something. So I was kind of looking back on all the stuff that I'd done. And I was thinking I, I laugh so much when I talk to Hector. I mean, I've known Hector since I was 11 years of age, sitting beside one another in first year in St. Patrick's classical school in Navan, And we've always just laughed. Um, We'd like laughing, you know, the, the, the tenser, the situation. Like, so, you know, it wouldn't be great if going to funerals together now or if the headmaster walked into the classroom, you know. Um, so that was just really clear to me that that's what I would enjoy doing. Um, so, the, and with uh, Larissa Blewett is a woman that we worked with on iRadio. Um, and it was the same with her. I was saying, I'd love to get the three of us together and to do something. And, um, and we threw the idea out at a few radio stations, but they were so slow in coming back, and um, we just said, "Let's just let's just do a podcast and and go for it." Uh, so I've a little shed down the bottom of the garden, which is where we are now, and um, bought a few microphones, a mixing desk, uh, and a Zoom recorder, and uh, off we go. So um, and I love it. It's it's very funny. I love I just love doing it. So you um, you're, you're really happy. you're almost built for a platform. You know, with, you're almost
0: built for podcasting and how loose it is and how conversational it is. And um, I, I fell down yeah. the rabbit hole of watching some of your old YouTube clips last night or somebody yeah. old did some stand-up last night. And I'm like, how has it yeah. taken Tommy this long to do it? I know, I know some of the old shows have gone out as podcasts, but to do
1: yeah. an original podcast, because it's perfect for you. Well, the thing is, if, if it was just me talking to a microphone, it would die a death, because that's like doing stand-up in a room where no one's turned up. <laughs> what you need is you need the audience there to communicate to now if i was doing a podcast by myself you know i'd need i'd need <laughs> i need to get the family down to, to pretend to be the worldwide audience or i need I, I need someone to communicate to so with the podcast it's i'm talking with um, i don't think the podcast would work if we did it in front of a crowd because the way we're doing it at the moment was we're trying to make each other laugh um, and a crowd would kind of distort that balance. I, I, it would probably ruin it, I think. Um, so, no, I'm very happy. and I, I'm very, very happy to be doing it. And it's very independent. Uh, no one tells us what to say, what we can't say. Um, so, yeah, it's very, very freeing like that. But the great thing about the, the, the curse of the podcast is the uninterrupted waffle. And how many podcasts have we listened to where a fella is just talking about, you know, the way the laces on his shoes are hanging to the left and it's 45 minutes later. He so just at least move on to the other foot, will you? you know? <laughs> so um, uh, I suppose in, in the podcast, we have to keep each other interested and yeah. that, that's the thrill of it. Yeah.
0: Well, you also know each other as well, which helps you mention, oh, you yeah. know, Hector since you were 11. So the first thing you did was yeah. take the piss out of Hector's hair. And that's exactly what most lads would do if they're doing a podcast with their friends. They yeah. The yeah I've, so I hope you've got that second hand.
1: See, I've I've embraced going bald entirely. Do you know what I mean? Like I can do. This is um. That's my natural hairline there now. <laughs> do a mohawk. You can still do a mohawk. <laughs> but Hector's at the stage now where he has the he has the frosted tops. As the, <laughs> you can go into a hairdresser now and say, give us give us the dose of the frosted tops. <laughs> so that's where they kind of bleach the top of your hair a little bit, and uh. But Hector's on the full kind of like that, you know, uh, to to cover up the zip line going back. Um so I was when all, I was started
0: sorry. doing this when I started doing this, um I was it was deep in lockdown. Yeah, yeah. And one of one of the first interviews I did was Bill Burr and my Oh wow. Was, geez. Wow. My, my hair was just out here. It was I'm looking back at an now, going, I should have just shaved it off. Sponsor wouldn't let me wear a baseball cap.
1: Bill is <laughs> incredible. I went to see Bill in uh Dublin last year and it was one of the best stand-up shows I've ever been at I was at that show uh, phenomenal it's amazing the way some people hit peak form you know so I would have known Bill from from years ago and you always got the sense that that there was a kind of um, that there was craft in him you know Uh, and over the past maybe since even doing the podcast twice a week of just that continual talking uh, past 10 years he's just nailed it he's been he's uh, a joy to watch even though he, he talks dark like he's a he's a dirty filthy potty man <laughs> he's been very complimentary <laughs> oh, about you oh really oh great. yeah you
0: said, I saw a tweet there a few years ago from Bill saying you're, you're one of the best storytellers in comedy
1: you're a massive storyteller oh, well that's very very kind of him yeah it's great to get that kind of slap in the back from people you respect you know uh, it doesn't last long though you feel good for a minute and then you feel guilty about feeling good and then you feel (laughs) resentful then you feel resentful that someone else is talking about you and putting pressure on you
0: it's funny comedians are like that it's like you can't uh, they can't take compliments you know they want the compliments but they can't take the compliments that's something I found in interviewing comedians over the years
1: yeah yeah a compliment is something that should be put in a box and just left at your front door don't (laughs) ring don't ring the door and (laughs) just leave the compliment there I'll get it in my own good time thank you and do you miss the stand up no, no, I don't stand up, uh, and I'm. I feel half concerned that I mightn't want to do it again. Um, I have to to pay the mortgage and stuff, but I don't. I I worked so hard for twenty years, twenty five years, like relentlessly. You know, I was like Joe Biden. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I worked, four nights a week I was out there trying to convince people (laughs) to let me run the world and uh, I just, I worked very hard, you know, and I I used to fantasize about having a break um, of about six months or so and now that I've gotten it, I just feel as if that part of my personality that is able to do stand-up, I can't find it i he's 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 left the building um so i I don't know if, i mean in a sense we might't get back gigging until for another eight months anyway, you know maybe more uh but at this particular moment in time i I don't really feel the i have the desire to talk and I have the desire to communicate and i have the desire to make my friends laugh and to say funny things and to think of funny stuff. I wrote. I started writing a novel. I started writing a a play, all comedy stuff, you know. And uh, but the idea of being able to stand up in front of a crowd, because that kind of distorts your personality a little bit, you know. Sometimes there can be a gap between who you are twenty-three hours of the day and who you are for the hour on stage. And if that gap gets too big, or if you're uncomfortable with that gap that asks interesting questions of you. You know, when you're down in your shed writing, there isn't really, you're accessing a part of your brain. You know, like I, this play that I I don't think it'll ever be staged. It's about a couple who have uh, a half man, half bull living underneath them. Uh, And he drinks menstrual blood. And, (laughs) (laughs) and, once, once a month he needs a couple of pints of menstrual blood and if he doesn't get it he goes apeshit <laughs> so uh, the, <laughs> the the woman uh, is reached the menopause so she's no longer able to provide him with what he needs so they have to try and recruit another woman who'll come to the house and go down uh, uh, and you know get uh, I, can't, I can't think of an appropriate word but, you know, by the bull um, so that's the kind of stuff I think about when there's no one. <laughs> <laughs> I'd buy a ticket for that. That sounds hilarious. Yeah, buy it, it, it. yeah. It is funny, isn't it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> so, um, that's the kind of stuff I can come up with when I'm on my own. You know, um, and I enjoy that. Uh, but it, but it's not as distorting as the stand-up. You know, I mean, it's not the type of stuff I'd bring up to the kitchen table <laughs> either. And the kids are there. You know. <laughs> What did you do today, Dad? Well, scene four. <laughs> you know. Uh, so we'll Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll have to see. But uh, that's how I'm feeling now anyway.
0: Is it just it needs to feel authentic? Is that And can you see that in different stand-ups as well? As well as your own stand-up comedy? That it needs to feel like it's coming from a real place.
1: Well, I mean, no matter... Yeah, I mean, yeah. I still enjoy watching the stand-up. I watched Eddie Pepitone the other night. I don't know if you know Eddie. Uh, great American comic. Someone I'm a big fan of. I watch a bit of Jerry Jerry Seinfeld. How did, did part Can you say it? Seinfeld. Seinfeld. <laughs> um. So I watch a bit of his stuff recently. So I can. I'm. I still enjoy stand up. I still enjoy watching it. Uh i always. I'm, I always have a ear out for what Frankie Boyle is saying. Um. But that thing of being authentic. Yeah. You know. Uh. And. And that you change physically. I'm not the same person I was 25 years ago. Every cell in my body has changed, in all our bodies. I think say every seven years, from tip to toe, your body is completely different. Um, so maybe I'm just not capable of the type of stand-up that I used to be doing, which is kind of loud, and frenetic, and um, yeah. So maybe there's a style change coming up. You know, I'll have to do the. I'll have to watch. a try and download a documentary on Cat Stevens. <laughs> Remember he 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 changed his name to Yusuf, and uh, maybe I'll do something like that. You know, but I uh, it's a, a definitely very challenging time, and you know, uh, but I'm still still a fan of stand up. Hey guys, sorry to interrupt the show. I just wanted to briefly tell you
0: about our sponsor for this season of the Delve Spotlight Oral Care, which is an Irish company founded by two Irish dentists. Uh, they're a sustainable company. They're an ethical company. So. Long story short, about me and my teeth. I had my teeth straightened a couple of years ago. It made me hyper aware of oral care in general. Spotlight oral care really recognised that and do products specific for people. And so I've been using their men's teeth whitening strips for a couple of weeks now. I've found them fantastic. I've also been using which is the which is the crown and the jewel for me. uh, The Sonic toothbrush, which is just a phenomenal product. It's got three different settings and it's got a two-minute timer. So you're cleaning your teeth for two minutes. I'm using their uh, sensitive toothpaste and you're cleaning your teeth for two minutes and it just switches off. You're like, okay, I've brushed my teeth for the sufficient amount of time. They've also given us a discount code of DELVE25. So if you use the code DELVE25, you'll get 25% off any Spotlight Oral Care products on their site. Back to the show. I think, I think a lot of comedians um, find popularity, and I say a lot, I mean, a number of comedians find popularity by being almost populist and doing oh, what yeah. is popular. As opposed yes, to they, being authentic, because you, you and Dave Chappelle have both said something very similar. Um, Chappelle said it in one of his last two or three specials, where he said, "The comedians, there's a lot of young comedians at the back there now. You have an obligation to be reckless. You have to push the boundaries,
1: and that's yeah, obviously
0: yeah. very tricky. Uh, you know, nowadays, especially when
1: you with, pay, you pay a price for it. And it's whether one of the great mistakes I think comedians." Uh, and make is by having families <sighs> uh, to to be a proper comic voice you need to be an outlaw um, but you can't subvert society you can't subvert your culture without paying the price for it and without your family paying the price for it so there was a reason why in tribal histories a guy would put on a mask and become that kind of trickster spirit there was a reason why people told stories about the trickster and the trickster was always a rabbit or a coyote or a hyena something that wasn't part of the human family because that spirit is is reckless and and it's there is a consequence for embodying that and society doesn't want it. Society wants to be, we want to be entertained. Being entertained is enjoyable. Jesus, you know, you sit down and and, uh, you trust somebody to put you in a good mood, you know. Um, But entertainment isn't the same thing as comedy. You know, Uh, comedy is subversive and um you know you do you once you cuz what what the the, the notion behind it is is that you don't respect anything so not only do you not you don't respect power but you also don't respect weakness so you subvert sympathy towards the weak and respect towards the powerful and you attack both of those cuz what you're saying is Neither weakness nor power is to be taken seriously. But there's a consequence for attacking the weak. Is that you'd be hounded out of it for being a disgrace, you know? Um, and if you have a kids, and your kids are going to school, and your kids are seeing your stuff on YouTube, and their, their friends are saying stuff to them about you and your neighbors, you know? It's a difficult thing. So uh, I would say my advice to young comedians would be stay single, change your name, wear a mask.
0: <laughs> like those Mexican wrestlers. What do they call? They wear the masks. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, masks. yeah.
1: Some kind of, a, you know, gimpy Cortez. <laughs> you know, totally, totally. Uh, you're unusual in the sense
0: for a comedian that you're a fantastic facilitator and you, you kind of do what I do obviously on a huge level and on a broad level and on a traditional broadcasting level as well with the Tommy Tiernan show. And I know you have the book coming out soon around some of those stories. But mm. what what struck me about that show was was that it was obviously based on a hook where you don't know who you're going to talk to. But basically because of that, you're forced to listen. You yes. know, you're not you're not going through a series of questions that some broadcasters do that you have to ask. So you're genuinely trying to get to know the person. And that's the genius in that show for me. And that's why it's been so successful yeah. that you can take no this person because you're
1: curious. Yeah, but you have to be, you've no choice. Um, and it's amazing how coherent and interesting we can be uh, when it's unplanned. And, um, The other chat shows are, are, you know, they've got more pressure on them maybe, but it's it's pressure that they choose to have on them. they go out live. We don't. So we would, we'd talk. I talked to somebody for, like with Bob Geldof, the interview was nearly an hour. um, And we could have broadcast the whole hour, but because there's two other people in the show, (laughs) we had to cut it down to about maybe, I think it was just over half an hour, you know? So you have, you have tools there to, to, to be to, to use you know um, but yeah it's about listening and, and just hoping really um, that your instincts are good hoping that the question you think of is interesting that's all you can do is hope that, hope well you are coming at it
0: from such an interesting place as well because the, the, the dynamic is so different because they're coming on your show do you know who you are you know, yeah. you're in this sort of elevated place as as Tommy Tiernan, this famous comedian. And, you know, sort of dynamics thrown off completely as opposed to walking into a room, shaking somebody's hand and trying to get them to say something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about the book? The book is kind of, there's a lot of different stories based around
1: some of the people that you spoke to. N- not not really. The, the, it's basically just um, uh, published versions of the interviews. And what really struck me about it was how I preferred the book to the television show um, because uh, I feel when I'm reading the interview, I get to spend more time in a less pressurized situation and at my own pace listening to what these people have said. And they're so coherent um there's something about the situation that increases people's concentration or their clarity um and because also it's a, it's a performance stuff comes out of them that's just very dram- it's dramatic to encounter sitting you know but that moment is so fraught with other types of tensions that for me to be able to sit down and read the interviews was a, a was bliss and the wisdom that people have is it's shocking you know um and the, the just the, the way they're able to see different things and I, I i prefer the book so um we there's 21 interviews out of the we've done about 90 or something and we chose 21 and and, and I, I you know there's something about that thing of you know, the, being on your own with the printed page. You know, and it's a, it's a, it's a different experience, of course, like uh, Roisin Murphy uh, is in the book. You know, um, I don't know if somebody would have the same experience reading Roisin Murphy as they will seeing Roisin Murphy. I was in a bar in the West of Ireland a couple of weeks ago and this rough country farmer was there and, you know, shirt opened covered in dust and muck and the smell of the farm off him and he says to me uh says I wouldn't mind meeting your one Roisin Murphy for a few pints I say she's some laugh <laughs> so I'm not sure you get the same experience <laughs> looking at the book but Roisin would probably be delighted at that I mean that's the ultimate compliment if a man from another genre altogether like a west of Ireland farmer is keen to meet you for porter because you look mad, <laughs> you know it's a good thing.
0: You've got, you've got a broad reach. Uh, I don't I don't want to keep you any longer, Tommy. That's but okay. uh, so what's long the long plan now for the what's the plan now for the next few months? There, well, I mean there can't really be a plan, I suppose. But you it sounds like you're getting you've come into a really creative place with the writing, with kind of expressing yourself, albeit in a, an individual
1: form. Yeah, it still feels like a struggle um, because I, you're writing, but you don't know if it let if anything will ever happen with it um so it feels a little bit like um feel a bit lonely actually with this uh so yeah so it's very hard it's great to have the guillotine of a performance to you know the the pressure of something coming up as a deadline there's no deadlines at the moment you know so it's very hard to 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 get your heart rate and the adrenaline flowing around your brain. Um, I'm really, really enjoying the podcast. I mean, it's, it is fun. I laugh when I'm with Hector and Lurita. Um But the other stuff, I really have no idea. Um, I'm trying to, I'm trying to replicate. I, I'm noticing stuff that my body's missing. I'm trying, how do I get that? You know, uh, so stuff like, you do staffed stuff, like, you know, shouting at cars. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just, go, just going down to the main road near the house. Assholes! You're all assholes! And then, just doing that for an hour.
0: Imagine somebody driving on the motorway near Galway and just seeing us, It's not Tommy and screaming assholes at us. Shouting
1: assholes at nurries.
0: It's like a shit, Bill Murray's supposed to do stuff like that, isn't he? Randomly turn up and, and then be like, nobody's yeah, ever going to believe you. Turn up the house parties and stuff. Uh, um, well, Tommy, look, I really you? appreciate the time. Uh, it was my, lovely my, to my chat pleasure. to you. My and um, the podcast is fantastic and I'm looking forward to the book.
1: Thank you. God bless. Thank you very much. Thanks so
0: much, Tommy. Take care of yourself.